For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Acts chapter 11 and verse 23 and 24 we're going to read. Acts chapter 11 verses 23 and 24. The Bible says, Who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Who is it speaking of? It's speaking of Barnabas. Barnabas. The Bible says that he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. Oh, to have that said about you by by a person, but when God says it, when the Bible says it about you, wow, that's saying something, isn't it? Oh, to be known like Barnabas, that, that he was a good man. And many people were added unto the church because of him. He helped them, and those helped others. It was a ripple effect. Because he would hang on to that person that needed help and bring them into fellowship with the Lord, bring him into fellowship with the brethren. There's something about holding on. You know, there was a British airline one time that this pilot was flying, a commercial airline with passengers on it now. They are flying at 320 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, this man named Timothy Lancaster, he was the pilot the window got busted out of that that jet airline and he was sucked out of that window the front window halfway in and halfway out the upper part of his body had literally flipped over and smashed against the airplane and several of those the co-pilot and several of the attendees had grabbed him and held him from being sucked all the way out the window to his horrible death. Here is We're talking about the captain of the airplane now. And passengers could all of a sudden saw that as they could see up there. And they went up there and they held him. They grabbed him by his ankle. So his crew members clung on to him and they're holding him as the co-pilot saying, I'm going to get us there. Just hang on to him. Just hang on to him. Just a little bit more. You know, they held on to him for 15 minutes. 
Now, 15 minutes doesn't seem to be that long. But if you're hanging halfway out of an airplane, flying 300-something miles an hour through the air, just waiting that thing's trying to suck you out, and somebody's actually got a hold of you, holding you in the airplane, that'd be the longest 15 minutes of your life you've ever felt. That's a long time. But the whole time, that co-pilot is telling them, hang on, hold on to him. We're almost there. You know, they landed that, that airplane and that man was taken to the hospital, that pilot. He suffered a, a fractured elbow and a fractured wrist and a frostbite on one hand. It could have been way worse. But because those people held on to him, grabbed onto his ankles and refused to let go, they saved this man's life, this pilot's life timothy lancaster more than likely i'm not going to experience that and you're not going to experience something like that but you what you will experience is souls and lives around you in jeopardy a friend's marriage in trouble and it's exploding uh, a brother or sister or family being sucked back into the world into the to the old rotten ways maybe a sister who's messed up many times and who's in deep trouble would we be like those people that grabbed onto that pilot and held on to him for dear life i won't let go for nothing if it sucks me out of here if it kills me i'm hanging on to you just hang on we're almost there we can say that at the end of the life our life the bible says life is but a vapor just a hoof and it's over we're almost there. Jesus could come back at any moment. We are almost there. But unfortunately, and this is a very, very bad reputation to have, but as many people in the church would say that we shoot our wounded, that is so horrible. That is not what God wants. Have I failed there? Yes, absolutely. Have you failed there? Yes, you have. But instead, I, we, you have got to start making that active choice to grab a hold of their ankles and say, we're almost there. We're almost home. We're almost going to land. We're in heaven. Hang on to them. In many cases, uh, we need to continue that work. Prayerfully considering being persistent and encouraging one another, refusing to give up holding on for all that i have don't you know the encouragement to a brother or sister encouragement to your husband encouragement to your wife is like water on a plant it makes them grow it makes them strong i'm not talking about lifting them up but i'm talking about good biblical bible encouragement into their life it's like pouring water on a dried out plant it means the world to them it will help them it will put life back in them it'll put breath back in them it may just be what they need to keep them from going off the deep end totally throwing their hands up and totally giving up and leaving and saying just forget it i'm not even going to try anymore hold on to them just like they held on to that pilot grab on to their their ankles and your marriage you need to do that you need to have that kind of tenacity 
Because listen, I don't care if you're the pastor of the largest church in America, or you're the pastor of the smallest church, or you're sitting in the congregation, or you're a deacon or missionary, you have the same trials and even more than a regular person in church because the devil is going to attack you and you've got to hold on. You've got to be committed. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let go. I am going to encourage them. I'm I'm holding on with all that I have. Amen? That's what God wants. He says, cleave. A man shall cleave unto his wife. And even, even in Acts chapter 11 and verse 23, it talks about that, that they would cleave unto the Lord, that they would bond, that they would stick like glue. That's what Barnabas wants for us to cleave unto the Lord. Do you know when you cleave unto the Lord and when your needs are being met by the Lord? Can I just say, if you're looking to someone else to meet the deepest needs of your heart, you're going to put expectations on them and they're going to fail you. And then you'll be disappointed, upset, and mad at them. And they didn't even actually do anything wrong. But it was you putting those expectations upon them. But listen to me. When you put your expectations upon the Lord, when you look toward Him, when He looked to Him to fill your deepest needs, that's when the love from Him will pour out of you and into others, into your marriage, into your children, into your wife, into your husband, into your friends, into your co-workers. Why? Because God is the one meeting that need within you, and they are just reaping the benefits of a cup that runneth over. Amen? Like He said here, cleave unto the Lord. Do you know that Barnabas went after Saul to bring him into fellowship with the brethren. Look with me in Acts chapter 15, verse 36 and 39. Acts chapter 15, verse 36 and 39, where Barnabas rescues John Mark. And some days, verse 36, And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city, where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take him with them, who departed from them Pampania, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus." Now, hold on a minute. This Paul is the same Paul that Barnabas went out and brought into the brethren, brought into the churches, and testified that I have seen him preach boldly and brought him into the fold because they certainly weren't going to trust Paul. Paul murdered Christians. That was his goal, to take out the church. He persecuted the church above measure. That's in Paul's own words. So Barnabas went out of his way to bring the apostle Paul into fellowship with the brethren and with the church. He laid his own reputation on the line and said, I will vouch for him. All of a sudden, here is Paul now saying that this person, John Mark, he's no good. He left us when we were doing work. He's no good. I don't want him with me. And he got so upset and so mad. The Bible says that there was contention so sharp between them that they departed asunder from one to another. Now, hold on a minute. This is the same Paul. That w Would he be where he was at if it wasn't for Barnabas? 
who loved him and said, you know what? I'm going to extend my right hand of fellowship to you to bring you into the fold. But now Paul is running this person off. I don't want nothing to do with them. They may say they're a Christian. They may say they're working in the Lord. But because of one thing that they did, or they left me, or they left us at one certain time, I want nothing to do with them. Don't bring him with us. And so much so that the man that had brought him into the fold, into the church, which was Barnabas, there was so much contention between them that they parted asunder. And one went with the other, Barnabas, and took John Mark and went another way. John Mark, Paul evicted him from the missionary journey. That just amazes me, especially after Barnabas, what Barnabas did for the Apostle Paul. So as great as mighty as the Apostle Paul was, he was still a man, and he still had problems, and he still had some of the flesh he was dealing with, and he admitted that many times. He said, I died daily. He wouldn't have said that if he didn't have a struggle with it. So he was just like me and just like you. He was just doing what God called him to do. The greatest thing you'll ever do is simply be obedient to the Lord because that's what the Apostle Paul was. So here John Mark, he was evicted from the missionary journey, but Barnabas took him in. Amen. Thank God for that. Who has taken you in and who have you uh, taken in? As many times I, I have felt that way, just a little bit, because of the way and who I was before I got saved and some of the things that I did. I have felt that way in certain churches that you go to, and you just wonder, like, wow, I wonder what they really do think. I bet Paul thought that many times when it went in many different churches. But you know what? Ultimately, it doesn't matter what they think. It matters what God knows, and God can see your heart. And I can tell you this, when you truly serve God, and God blesses you for it, they can't deny it. They will eventually see it. And they will eventually know that God has his hand upon you. Amen? He most certainly does. So John Mark had expelled, but Barnabas decided that he was worth rescuing. Can I just say every Christian is worth rescuing? Every brother or sister, every marriage is worth rescuing. It's worth holding on to. So there's no doubt if we in the church would take the time to observe those around us, we too would see people that need to be rescued and in a timely effort. There may be contention between those, but listen to me. Do all you can to love them, even, even if they're sending you nasty messages, even if they're saying nasty things. You still should try to do what is right, amen? Even when it's hard. You say, well, I don't feel like it. That's fine. You can feel like it, but don't act off to your feelings. Put your feelings down and pick up your faith, amen? John Mark was restored by Barnabas because Barnabas said he's worth saving. He's worth holding on to. Second Timothy 4.11 tells us, only Luke is with me. Take Mark. And bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Hold on a minute. Who wrote that? Let's read that again. Second Timothy 4.11. Only Luke is with me. Well, who was with, who was with, where was Luke with? Luke was with the Apostle Paul. He says, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable for me for the ministry. Now, here is Paul writing to Barnabas and saying, you know what? That Mark, 
He really is profitable. You know what? He really is saved. You know what? He really does want to serve God. You know what? He really does want to preach. God has his hand and his anointing upon him. Hey, I've only got Luke with me. Bring John Mark with you. He is profitable. Can I just say, is there anything greater that another Christian could say about another Christian except for to say that that person, that brother, that sister, they are profitable unto the Lord. They want to do God's work and God's will, and they will lay down their life to prove that. They want to see others come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, the best part of Barnabas is just like Paul Harvey said, the rest of the story. Can I just say, what do you think that the church thought of Barnabas when he first brought Paul in? Do I dare say some probably scowled and rolled their eyes and had some harsh, hateful comments and turned their back on them and, and all kinds of things. What do you think they thought of Barnabas when Paul said, I don't want John Mark with me. He's a quitter. He's a failure. He's a nobody. He's a nothing. And Barnabas said, I'll take him. What do you think the church thought of Barnabas then? Barnabas never backed down from his decision, though. He said, they are profitable. God is God's man. I know God has had his hand upon him. I know he loves the Lord. Maybe he did mess up. So what? Barnabas, do you know that Barnabas never dwelled on that? He never sat there. You read the Bible. He never sat there and just, just tore them apart and said, you left. You did this. No, he said, you come with me. Let's go work for the Lord. So as Paul neared the end of his ministry, he requested that Timothy to bring Mark with him. And he gave him one of the greatest compliments that a person could get. He is profitable. He is profitable for the ministry. There's no doubt that if believers would, if we would pattern our lives after Barnabas, that many would be used and many would be restored unto the Lord Jesus Christ. We should take a long look at Barnabas and his life and his story and his testimony and his witness and what he gave and his influence and what he risked to bring people, keep them in the fold, to encourage them in the Lord. The Bible says, listen to me, the Bible says about Barnabas. Now you think what I said about what the church and the people probably thought about Barnabas. But the Bible says, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And a much people was added unto the Lord. Have you ever been run down at church? Have you ever been looked down upon? People got something to say about you? People got to look down on you? People don't like the way you dress? People don't like the way that you walk, the way that you talk. They don't like your marriage. They don't like your home. They, don't, they look down upon you. God says, listen to me. I can use you in a great and mighty way. And those people, listen, you just got to learn to love them no matter what because they're people. You might feel the same way about somebody else and have to work on that yourself. Yes, yeah, so before you look down on them, make sure you look at your own self. But what really matters is what God really knows. Are you profitable? Are you like Barnabas? Are you a good man, a good woman, full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith? Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9 tells us, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, pillars, think about that, pillars of what? Pillars of the faith 
of the Lord Jesus Christ, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me. They gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Here's the pillars of faith. Amen. Holding out for Barnabas. Don't you know they thought a lot of Barnabas to do that? Why they had watched his life. They had watched the things that he did. Do you know that he was, his actions were so strong? His testimony was so strong that they literally changed his name to match his character and his personality and who he was. That says a lot about him that they changed his name to Barnabas, the encourager. That way it would line up with who he really is. Can I just say, I know you're not looking to have your name changed, but we should act like Barnabas. We should be like Barnabas. We should be an encourager like Barnabas. We should take risks like Barnabas. Listen to me, because Barnabas brought a former Christian persecutor murder into fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Barnabas brought the new convert Paul, as we were talking about, into the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Paul was disgraced and, and run down. And, and don't you know, even after he got saved, that the Pharisees looked down on him because he became a disgrace to them. But that didn't stop him from serving the Lord. People are people, and people are going to think what they want to think. All that matters is that you serve the Lord. So here, also with John Mark, he took somebody who'd been kicked out of the missionary journey and said, I don't want him. Get him out of here. He's a quitter. He's no good. Barnabas took him who'd been disgraced and rejected and kicked out, and he loved him as a Christian brother and brought him into restorationship and, and fellowship uh, and to be useful again for the Lord Jesus Christ. Barnabas restored John Mark, whom Paul had kicked out and expelled from that missionary team from that journey. Who can you think of that's been kicked out and run off, run over? Maybe they need an encouragement from you. Maybe you should reach out to them in one way or another and just encourage them in the Lord and say, I know, brother, I've seen you. I know you love the Lord, and I know you want to serve Him. That can go a long ways. And just like giving water to a desert plant, it can pour life into them. People need that. You need that. I need that. Your wife needs that. Your husband needs that. Your children need that. They need to be encouraged in the Lord. Can I challenge you to active, actively work at that this week to make a decision that I'm going to do something. I'm going to pick two people, if not three people. I'm going to write their names down. And right beside it, I'm going to write what it would take to encourage them, what it would take to reach out to them, what it would take to touch their heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. I challenge you to do that this week. Be an encouragement to others. Can I just tell you, maybe you don't have any money 
But let me tell you, a positive attitude towards someone goes a long, long ways. How about a kindly word spoken to someone? That goes a, a long ways. How about just paying special attention to somebody who's discouraged? You know, that doesn't cost a dime, and all three of those things go a very long way. I challenge you this week to encourage someone to continue serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.